Good morning. Good morning. Right, so we are now on episode... 36. 36. Yep. What are we talking about today? Sales. Sales. Yeah. Um, the difference between sales and marketing. Because they often get lumped together. Um, yeah. And people, you know, think they're the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's definitely a lot of the similarities, but, yeah. but they're not the same thing. Um, and people are quite scared of sales, I think, especially small business owners. Well, and also, what's happening tomorrow? Oh, yeah. Um, we have a um, sales expert coming on a um, programme called Stuart Pierce, who's just got a new book out called Can't Sell, Won't Sell. Yes. Um, and it's all about helping people that don't want to sell, like me. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's a huge percentage of people that um, are in business or thinking about going into business. They generally go into it with kind of a passion for that particular mm-hmm. thing. And But being able to communicate that is the key thing, right? To be able to translate that how you feel about the service and how it adds value to somebody else is, is the thing that makes somebody else want to do it as well. Well, that's it. And other people think that they're, they, you know, they're not in sales. You know, they, they think, um, I don't know, whatever they do, oh, well, I, I'm not a salesperson. And it's like, just by being in business, yeah. you have to be. Yeah, just you like say, you thought you weren't a morning person. Yeah. <laughs> so Kate's been up since what time this morning? Five. Five. And you've been up since five... Was it four days in a row? Four days in a row. So you... So just for those watching this or listening to this, if this is the first time, so I, I generally have been getting up quite early for quite a while now, and you opted into to doing that. This Sorry to go off on a tangent, but this is an important moment, I think. <laughs> I think we should be making a note on episode 36, you are on 5am, when yeah. historically you didn't used to get up before... Seven. Well, you, you, you would all be awake from seven, but yeah. you wouldn't leave like the bedroom area till about quarter to eight, yeah. generally, right? So Well, it's still with my five, I'm not necessarily getting up. up yeah. But I am, um, but it's about making things work for you, which which will come into you with the sales and things I as think well. It's ten, I think there, there, there's parallels yeah. between you defining yourself as not a morning person. Yeah. Like we know plenty of people that really are morning people. Like yeah. we've always thought, oh, are they morning people? Yeah. And you've always said, I'm not a morning person. Mm-hmm. You, I cannot get up that early. In fact, that, your language is always, I cannot mm-hmm. do that, right? And I would feel awful doing that and yeah. all this kind of stuff. And then for the last few days, well, for the last couple of weeks or whatever it's been, you've been getting up at six and that was a struggle to, at first. Yeah. And then just recently you started getting up at five. Yeah. And it's mainly because, guys, if, if you're thinking, well, what's the point of getting up so blasted early? Yeah. It's because we have a lot to do in a day. Yeah. And we and and that's not to be like, oh, poor you. Not at all. We love the fact that we have a lot to do well, in a day. It's but it's also to stop the day running you. It's yeah. not just um, that we've got a lot to do. It's to have that couple of hours headspace before the kids wake up. Um, and the, the opposite... I mean, although sometimes I will work really late in the evening, mm-hmm. a lot of the time I wasn't. Um, you know, I might do that once or twice a week, yeah. work through till midnight because yeah. I'm wired and concentrating on something. But a lot of the time I wouldn't. I'd, I'd just end up watching rubbish on TV. And repeats. Yeah. Like either repeats of stuff or movies that you'd seen before. Yeah. Like just to literally go, okay, this is my downtime. Yeah. When you probably should just be asleep. Exactly. Right? Well, that's what we've been doing. I mean, we do go to bed early. Yeah. Um, but uh, that time that I used to waste in the morning kind of flicking through 
social media trying to get out of bed. That was my yeah. attempt at being awake but not quite up yet. Yeah. I now do in the evening and then fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. And but you get to the end of the day feeling like you really yeah. like achieve something in the yeah. day. Because we are definitely cramming way more in the day now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was having this debate with um, a friend of mine in business and he kept using the term um, I don't have time for that. Yeah. And I don't believe in putting investing time in that. It's a waste of time. And he kept yeah. saying everything that he was saying was all about time, 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 time. Yeah. And I was like, like that thing you said on a, one of our earlier episodes where you said, no, you make time for yeah. stuff. And that's effectively what we've done, right? We've, we make time for every aspect of our lives, yeah. right? We, we have, it's, although we're working very hard at the moment, uh, and long may that continue, we still made time for our kids. Yeah. Like I was curled up with Annabelle on the sofa last yeah. night watching a movie with yeah. her. You know, it's not like it's everything. Like we make time for exercise. You make time for all this yeah. kind of stuff. But sorry to go off on the tangent, but um, I think there's parallels between that and somebody who does sales. Yeah. Because a lot of people say, okay, I'm not a salesman or I can't sell. And um, it's something that if you are going into business, as you just said, you 100% have to be the salesperson in your business. Yeah, you, right you're always selling something. Like even if you're doing one-to-one, you know, coaching or something, you're selling yourself. Yeah. Or if you're, I don't know, you're a speaker and you need to be, you, you know, you talk on stages or whatever. You're, again, you're selling yourself. Well, if you um, have staff, yeah. right? So we, we were, like this way we are in terms of our enthusiasm about talking about business and about life and things like that is how we are in life this this isn't some kind of we're some miserable sods until the podcast starts or the camera starts rolling or anything like that this is genuinely how we are day to day and i think one of the reasons why that is is because we're all the things that we're involved in we generally feel quite passionate about you know it's like obviously our time together our time with our kids the our lifestyle our business activities and all that kind of stuff we're very we can talk very passionately about those Mm -hmm. things and so when we had smiley booth stuff so with our smiley booth photo booth hire company um at one point we had 26 staff in that business but we had some really amazing loyal staff that just loved the business Mm -hmm. of uh doing events um really enjoyed just being in that bubble and it was because well one became a franchisee one became a franchisee (laughs) yeah and um it was what was so great about it was that it wasn't that we were selling the business to them to a degree we were like when we were recruiting them we were kind of selling the idea of this is what event delivery is but really what we were trying to do was communicate in as an effective way as possible to those staff how bloody great it is to do mm. event delivery with photo booths, mm. you know, and how much fun it is. And like one of our franchisees, Eric in Ireland, once said um, when he, uh, before he came on board and he was learning all about it, he said, Jesus, he's like, there's way harder ways to make a living. Yeah. You know, people would have to dig up roads and stuff like yeah. this. And this is a wonderful way to earn a living. Yeah. And, and we felt the same. So you have to be able to, you are, when you are communicating enthusiastically to somebody that, and you want them to understand the value of what you're doing, that's selling. Mm. That's all selling is. Well, right? and I think that's the whole important reframe is um, people have this concept of what a 
salesperson is or a perception. Mm-hmm. Just like you said about me in the mornings, I'm not a morning person because I had a perception of what this morning person was. Yeah, you had this image of somebody who would just get up in the morning yeah. and be like, bing, yeah. I have to get out of bed, I can't stay in bed yeah. any longer. Yeah. That's and not that's the because case, sometimes morning people say that. Like um, your stepmom always says that. She gets up at like four or five, ridiculously. Well, she, do you remember? And it's very unlikely my stepmom's listening <laughs> or watching to this podcast. So, your dad might be. Yeah, my dad might be. But, um, but if she's one of those people that if they're woken up, that, yeah, they're that's, up. that's what I'm saying. Like, that, she's yeah. been known to get up at one in the morning, yeah. isn't she? Go to bed at like nine or ten. Yeah. Wake up at one and be like, right, I'm done. Yeah. And just start the day. And that's what I thought a morning person was. Like right. they physically couldn't lay in bed any longer. They were just up and being and yeah. or or their self-discipline was just like so much higher than mine. Yeah. Um and funny enough, something I, I read the other day about um Tony Robbins, I know we mention him a lot. Yay, Tony <laughs> Robbins again. If you haven't heard, we do mention Tony Robbins um, nearly every episode. But he um like Wim Hof jumps in um ice every day or, yeah. or like a really, really cold pool. Yeah. Um, Did you do my, my cold hair shower, no, I didn't do that to say it was way too cold this morning. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, he, something, and I always thought, again, he's, he's done that for decades, he's used to it, or even he enjoys it, or whatever it is. And I read something just briefly, um, or maybe I was listening, I can't remember what it was, but he was saying he hates it. Oh, really? And, and every day he doesn't want to do it. <laughs> um, but he does it anyway, and then he feels yeah. better afterwards. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just like the penny dropped. I was like... I have to do these things I don't want to do and, and it's better afterwards. Kind of yeah, thing. it is. And it's the same with sales. Like I've I've been on a bit of a journey with, with um personal journey with sales and, and picking up the phone recently. Again, that's yeah. something we've talked about in previous podcasts that I I've never liked the phone. And um and it is it's never as quite as bad as you think it's gonna be. No, you know, well you well you have an image, don't you? Again, of, yeah. Like how you're how you're gonna be received by that person. Yeah. Like and you start playing in your mind them being really disappointed yeah. or, um, or just dismissive. irritated. Yeah, that yeah. You know, jumped in their day or whatever. And when does it happen? Not that often. Really rarely. Yeah. In fact, most of the time, in, in most cases when you, when you do engage anybody with anything, it's, they're normally polite. And again, it's as if you've got something of value to sell. Yeah. To sell, to sell. sell yeah. If you're not, you know, selling, I don't know. <laughs> something double glazing um yeah. then it's, it's well though that is a value yeah for a particular person that Maybe. Needs it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah if you're not selling something like that or i don't know encyclopedias <laughs> there okay. you go. Yeah. Uh, then then you're then you're not really uh, yes you are interrupting their day but not without good reason you genuinely yeah. think and i think that's what's changed it with me recently that i've been more comfortable um selling uh, one of our services within uh, say it's called connected care which is about um so say it is one of so if this is the first time that you're listening to us or watching us say it is one of our businesses yeah um and it's a video collection service it's a video and, collection and present presenting service and um and gifting so you yeah. give videos uh to people for special events and things and we developed connected care because in the uk at the moment the the um, care homes are under quite a lot of like crisis, really, aren't yeah. they? Because um, lots of pressure because people can't see their relatives. Yeah. Um. Um. But, it's the same in the US. And yes. A lot of uh, but yeah. even, but even before that, when we started doing research into it, sixty percent of care home residents don't get visitors. Yeah. And they're very very lonely. So we. It's very sad. It, it is. So we we developed this kind of um, connected care arm of of say it, where mm-hmm. um, residents receive a video card. 
from their family. Um, but they also receive regular photo postcards. Yeah. Um, and also the family get to see their, their relative, the, the, the resident, in, in their environment. Yeah. So um, through photos, videos, information that the care home put onto this platform, it's all secure, it's all private. Um, and they, they get a, win- a glimpse into their daily lives. Because yeah. the problem with Zoom and things like this is often these residents are put on the spot and they're not necessarily feeling great, and then the relatives get a bad impression of their daily life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's all these benefits to it, and and as you can probably tell, I'm really passionate about it, and that really helps, because I genuinely believe when I'm calling these people that I've got something of value that they should have. Why wouldn't you have this? Yeah, and and that's the thing with in, in any business. When you start... So you can have a widget, right? A product or service where you think, I love doing this, this makes perfect sense. And then what happens is the next part is, well, who else would benefit out of the thing that I've created? And then you get a really crystal clear idea. And that's the first step before you go into sales, by the mm-hmm. way. That's, a, that's part of your marketing journey, right? So there's a very big distinction between marketing and sales. The marketing is the attraction yes, and awareness the piece. Yeah. yeah, and the sales, if you think of it in terms of the closing piece, right? Yeah. So as part of your marketing stuff, you should be thinking about, well, who does this benefit the most and would resonate the most with? And how do I communicate really effectively with that group? And the more in love you fall with that group and the value you can bring to that group, the more passionate you feel about delivering that. It's like you get to a stage where you're just like, you guys will be nuts. Like I'm to not have this. And and it's, and I'm really sorry you haven't had it before. It's like you generally feel this, this pressure of, it's like if you, if you've met someone who'd never understood what a car was and it's like, well, See how much easier life is with a car, you know? It's a, it's the same principle. When you create something that you're that passionate about and that you know you can add that much value. And that really helped you in your sales journey generally, right? Yeah. Because um, you had you had an experience, what? When was it? It was like two or three days ago where you were on... That's your, last week. End of last week. It was last Friday. So was it the end of last week? week ago, yeah. God, time flies, yeah. right? <laughs> Um, where you were on a call with the editor of the Sunday Times. Oh, that, sorry. I thought you were going to say that one of the care homes that I called. Oh, yeah, no, no, that so... was this week. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Oh, yeah, this week, sorry. Yeah, so, and you were on the phone to the editor of the Sunday Times, yeah. and they were quizzing you about, well, why would why would somebody be interested in saying it? Yeah. And, and you, and I was listening to it, and you were so confident in what the point was and how you add value to yeah. the lives of these people and how why it's so important and after you and you spoke for like five ten minutes about why this why say it's just so important yeah and in any previous time that would be massively intimidating yeah. for you right to be on a call on a video call no yeah, less yeah. right it wasn't just like a phone call it was no. a video call with the editor of the sunday times um, and for anybody that's uh, outside of the UK, Sunday Times is a pretty big publication in the UK, right? It's um, pretty intimidating. And at the end of that thing, she just turned around and she just went, wow. <laughs> yeah, and she just loved it, yeah. didn't she? And she was so enthusiastic. And it wasn't because you sold it. No. It's because you managed to like, transfer your enthusiasm yes. and passion to well, her. Well, I right? like to think of it like a teacher. You know when you were at school... Now, what what teachers do you remember? What yeah. subjects did you enjoy? And it was those teachers that were really passionate about whatever it is they taught. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I can remember only on one hand 
but the teachers that genuinely loved it, not those that kind of dragged themselves out of bed every day and just taught a bunch of snivelling kids. Yeah. You know, these people genuinely wanted to communicate their knowledge, their passion for yeah. that topic. And it comes across. And it's exactly the same in, in sales. Well, how many times do you get a phone call? Uh, either a phone call or like if you go into a store and you know that the person that you're dealing with is going through a script. Mm, yeah. But... They're they don't want to really be there. They don't want to be there. Yeah. They're just they're just reading off. They're, they're just either remembering or reading off something that they've been told by their boss. This is how you get a sale. Read this. Yeah. And and, and there's no... You could be anybody. Yeah. Right? You, it didn't matter like how relevant the service or product was. It doesn't matter what your age is, what, whether you can afford it or not. It doesn't matter whether it's... Doesn't matter if, like you say about the double glazing, a great example is when the reason why double glazing and encyclopedia people and all this kind of stuff, like that whole idea of door knocking salespeople had such a bad rap is because there was no care that it was relevant. Yes. There was a sense that they didn't really care whether you needed it or not. Yeah. It, the most important thing was the sale. Yeah. And that's why sales and marketing, although they, they definitely are very different. They go hand in hand because mm. you're marketing. You need to make sure that your lead base is the right people. Yeah. Otherwise, you are. I mean, the, again, connected care is, yeah. is care homes. I'm not going to start ringing garden centres and say, no. "Hey, have you heard about?" Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly. And it's and once the the whole point of marketing is to make sure that one, you're talking to the right person, but also to get the marketing to do a lot of the sales piece for you to yeah. make the sales bit easier. That we to have, generate an interest. Yeah, and to get them to the point where they're already, they know, they have enough information to ask the right questions yeah. to get them to a sale. Because mm -hmm. a lot of the time, a lot of the reasons why most people, especially with online strategies and stuff like that, the reason why most people don't pull the trigger on a sale is not necessarily because they don't know you, or so don't like you, or they don't believe in what you're saying. It's normally because they haven't got all the info, they don't feel like they've got all the information. So your marketing bit should solve that problem before you even start talking about sale, right? That's why it's no coincidence that when you see big car brands that prior to a launch and just after a launch, they spend an awful lot of time talking about what that car can do. Mm. Like every like the Mercedes S-Class, for example, is, is, is known to be one of the most technologically, every time they launch one of them, it's known to be, well, it's known by people like me, like, <laughs> uh, Kate's looking at me like, the what? <laughs> the Mercedes what? Um, it's a washing machine, right? Yeah, yeah, right. So I, I like cars. So the Mercedes S-Class, every time they launch it, everybody is in the, like, in, who like cars knows that that's probably going to have some really cool bits of tech. It's normally the market leader for tech. So Mercedes goes out of its way to tell you every little piece and get you educated about it. So when it comes to... Kate's straining a yawn right now because I'm talking to, <laughs> talking to you. Like, you're like holding that. You know when people hold a yawn and they keep their trying to keep their face really still? It's because I'm talking about cars. <laughs> Sorry I'm boring you about cars. <laughs> you weren't supposed to see that. Yeah, but when, it's like a mix of... Like, <laughs> I'm also really tired. I got up at five. <laughs> <laughs> You've been getting up at five for the last few days. Yeah, that's the downside of getting up early. You get really tired. Okay. I won't take it personally. For anybody, sorry we got derailed, but I couldn't look at Kate's face. You know, weird look you had. Anyway, so the point is... It, it looks okay? elegant to me. No, no. 
<laughs> no, I'm not selling it to you. So the point is that they spend a lot of time getting giving people the right idea about what that is. So that when it goes, when somebody walks into the showroom, they already know what they want. They don't. The salesman salesman is effectively just reassuring them that those things are included, and that's what you've got to think about anything about your product or service. If you, I always use hair hairdressers for some random reason, but if you, if one of the distinguished factors of being a, you being a hairdresser is that you cut great hair, then that shouldn't be a question that your potential customer has to ask. Do you cut great hair? It should be like the thing that you're that they already know is tick that box. So if anything, it's like the questions that they should be asking is how can they enhance the experience? Like well, what do you offer that makes your experience even better? You know? There's an example of that. Um, unfortunately, I can't, I can't remember the numbers, but Dean Grazioso's wife is a hairdresser. So who's Dean Grazioso? This is that guy that did that thing with Tony Robbins. Yeah, right? well, he's, he's just a um, well-known uh, marketer, coach, businessman. You know, right. he's, he's, he used to do all the, um, in America, all the infomercials back in the day um, right. and would sell off, off the back of those. But similar kind of Tony Robbins story, you know, started with nothing, built up millions of pounds. I think he was very much in property. Okay. And, he, and I think he does, he originally did um, teaching how to people to, to be in property and make money from property. Yeah, because he and Tony Robbins did a thing about a year or two ago, yeah. where they, it might be two years ago now, but where they launched some kind of course, didn't they, together? And that's was, the first time he came on, on my radar. to teach courses. Right. Okay. Uh, but his wife, and he gives this example um, in, in that sales stuff for that, that course. Yeah. Um, as I say, I can't remember the numbers, but she was a hairdresser. Um, and But she, she said something along the lines of, um, you know, the average hairdresser makes, I don't know, 30 grand a year. This is in the States as well. Um, What if I could make hundreds of thousands per year? Um, And that's what she does. And as I say, I don't know the full story as to how she does that, but it is all in her sales and marketing. She she just positions everything differently, approaches, uh, you know, a a high-class customer that's got the the means. And she essentially cuts hair, styles hair, you know, colours hair, but does it for hundreds of thousands a year. Yeah, well, that's the um, that's the other thing about sales, right? In uh, sales and marketing, is sometimes we work the wrong way around mm. on a, on our messaging, right? Sometimes we have a widget, and then we go, right? How can I make this widget be really way more expensive or make way more money out of this widget, mm. and uh, and communicate in a way that says, or well, instead of selling it for five hundred pound, how can I sell it for five grand? Yeah, and then and sell it out there. And in some cases, that that is the right way in that your marketing and message might not have been right from the outset and you've left too much money on the table. So the photo booth hire industry is a great example of this where there are guys going out for very small amounts of money um, below what the market is prepared to pay for the service and there are other guys going out for 10, 20 times that and amount of money for the same service. I think that's a symptom of being afraid of sales. Yeah. Um, because they just want the easy, quick win. Oh, I'll just, how do I get the sale? Oh, I'll slash it in half. Or I'll, yeah. I'll do it, you know, 20% cheaper than the guy down the road. Uh, yeah, and it's it, the it, first it's, thing that people do when they have no idea about marketing and sales. Yeah, it? it's either a, a confidence thing or it's a laziness. It's just, a, you know, how, how can I just get this this quick sale kind of thing. And, yeah. And it, if you've, if you've, done your marketing and your positioning right, there's no need for you yeah, to be should doing be... any kind of slashing of, of prices. No, there should be some consistency in your price points. Yeah. But what I mean by the um, looking at things in reverse is, 
So the hairdressing example that you just gave about, she was like, right, okay, I want to make hundreds of thousands a year. Yeah. So she would have gone right. Well, what do they want? Yeah. And and then and what would they be? What would they pay? Uh, so what would they expect if they were paying this amount of money? So yeah. Going back, try not to yawn this time, but going back to cars, <laughs> a good example of that is one of my dream cars, um, is a Bugatti. Right, so and they did something called Pagani Hayura, I think it's pronounced, which is my favorite, like all time favorite car. But it's to buy it, it's something insane. It's like two and a half million dollars to buy this one car. But and they only manufacture a, a handful of cars a year. But he went out and went right. How do I, how do I one create something that is worth that much? And then he worked backwards from that point. Yeah. He was like, okay. It has to be the best quality everything. Like the manufacturing process and and the design, everything has to be at this level yeah. for us to get somebody to part with a million or two million for something that basically a little Renault again can do yeah. the same but Still just not as fast. Yeah. So so and he approached it that way. Yeah. So there's there's two different methods. It's like if you don't if you're trying to work out what your product and service is and you're thinking, well, I love this thing that I'm about to launch or whatever it is, and I think I can charge 50 quid for it, but I know there's a guy over there charging five grand for it down the road. It's yeah. like, well, could you create what he's creating? Mm. You know, could you do what they how would what is it that makes them want to buy that? What value is they are they adding? Yeah. And because if you can make if you can make the same amount of money in 10 sales rather than 100, yes. why not do it, right? Yeah. yeah, and then it's just about, as I say, building your, your confidence in making those sales, yeah. and, uh, which will come through in your passion. So there's actually um, six, uh, six, yeah, six um, kind of points to selling um, that if you kind of can tick all those bit boxes, then... Tickle them? Oh, tick. tick all of yeah. them. It sounded like tick all of them. <laughs> tick all. Tick all. Tick all the boxes. You're just trying to get me back for yawning now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to... I'm going to edit the yawn bit and have it as a separate clip. That's just going to be on YouTube as a separate... Forevermore. Yeah. Um, then you can... Um, yeah, if you've got these six elements of um, of creating the, the sale, then it's, it's going to be much easier to kind of close that sale. So, uh, again, in no particular order, as I... Yeah, yeah, give up with orders. Yeah. <laughs> um, is uh, creating um, uh, reciprocity. So okay. what? So what's that? So what people? What I mean by that is, if you, if if I go out of my way, um, you know, to help a neighbour with something, it's quite likely that they're going to feel that they need to do something for me. Yeah. Um, and if there's nothing they can kind of do for me, then it might be that they drop around a box of chocolates or a bottle of wine or something to say thank you. There's right. this this feeling that you, if somebody's done something for you, you need to give back. Yeah. Um, and that's just how we're wired as, as humans. Yeah. Um, so if you can give lots of value to somebody yeah. um, before asking for that sale, Yeah. Um, so that is normally part of your marketing. So you, you would have, not only do you need to be in front of them several times, as we've talked about different touch points, and that can be anywhere from like seven to 14, uh, depending on your, your market, um, you, you need to demonstrate your value um, and, and keep just kind of giving, giving, giving to these people. Yeah. Um, and then they're like, oh, I should, I should really kind of give back or I should. And, and it's often the case when you feel, uh, have you ever felt um, you've gone into like a, a, 
I don't know, a department store or something. Um, to, well, you wouldn't have done this, but <laughs> it's um, it, it's quite common in like the uh, makeup bits. Right. Um, so a, a salesperson in the, in the makeup areas um, will completely make you over right, for okay. free. Right. Um, and it's showing you the different products and they'll go through it and what's in this product and right. why it's that. And then at the end, they're like, okay, so these are the products that I've used on you today. Yeah, because that takes it, because they're not just doing, they're not just giving you the product, they're spending time on yeah, you as well. Right? I mean, they can spend like an hour with you cool. and and it's their expertise because obviously they're, they're normally very good at what they do. Right. Um, and they're, so you're going to look awesome, whatever. Yeah, and they're kind they... of giving you techniques how to do it and right. different ways. So they're giving you all this value. Yeah. You're not just going to go cheers and walk off. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure there are people. That do yeah, do absolutely. That. But most people will feel like, oh, I need to buy the products. Yeah, now. yeah. Yeah, and and that's that's the case with lots of things. If you go that's... into a department store and you've gone in to buy one little thing, yeah. But then the salesperson has walked you around all these options. Yeah. You feel like you've got to kind of spend more with them. Or that's such a clever strategy because if you're a, if you're a company. And you're, you're paying someone to stand there anyway. Yeah. Like for when someone comes along and says, right, I want to buy that lipstick. Yeah. It's like, well, have them doing something yeah. instead. Yeah, that's such an intelligent strategy, but I suppose I suppose they all do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, I mean, that's just one example I can think of off the top of my head, but there's lots of uh, ways of... Uh, and by giving something, like if, for example, if you sent something in the post to your prospects... Yeah. Um, not only do you start invoking the reciprocity thing straight away, you're also just getting their attention. Yeah. You know, if, if, if there are, it's called lumpy mail, isn't it? When you send something in the post that's yeah. like sweets or something like that, they're going to open that over the boring brown envelope over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it actually serves two purposes with that. Kind of yeah, thing. it's a massive, like we're actually hit by that all the time. Yeah. And going back to the car analogy, that's why they take you out on a, they say, do you want to go take it out for a test drive? Yeah. Like, if we were all really honest with ourselves, any car, especially if you're on UK roads, French roads, American roads, whatever, generally, you're never going to be able to get a real sense of what that car's about because you're not going to be flooring it around the corners or anything. No. You're going to be in traffic. You're going to be on main roads and all this kind of stuff. And most modern cars um, make this, the feeling of driving at 30 mile an hour or 40 mm. mile an hour, whatever it is, the same. Well, some of know? them will give you the car for like a week or a weekend. Well, they? do you remember that? Yeah. That we had that once, didn't we? Yeah. Where they someone gave us uh, a company gave us a sports car for a whole weekend. Yeah. And it was really bloody hard not to well, hand one yeah. to hand it back. Yeah. Right, because we loved it, didn't yeah. we? Because it was a convertible as well, and we were just like, oh, yeah. imagine if this was in our lives all the time. And so it was one hard to hand the key back, but also they were like, what. Well, do you want it? Do you yeah. want to sign up on it? And um, I mean, we said no, but th- that doesn't, well, we're also, unusual in that, right? A lot of people have said yes. Yeah, well, so. I remember also the um, Tempura mattress. Do you remember that? They still do that. I yeah, think, so they? They, well, a few mattresses do it. Look, mattress companies do it, um, where you get the bed for like 100 nights or Which mattress for 100 crazy. nights so that you can really try it. And obviously, they don't expect many people to send it back. And not only because they're very confident in their product, fair enough, yeah. but also because of the reciprocity thing. You yeah. don't feel like you can give that back. And it really worked with us to a point because we actually did send it back. But that's because we genuinely didn't like it, it for us. For it us, wasn't no. for us. But 
I kept the 60 quid each pillows because yeah, I yeah. felt like, oh God, we've had this mattress for a yeah. hundred nights. I can't not buy anything. Yeah, and you don't even like the pillows because exactly. they're like, they weigh a ton. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because it's this reciprocity thing. I felt like, oh, I have to buy something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, how many of those mattresses have already been slept on for a hundred nights that you were doing? <laughs> I don't know. You know, by who? Well, they, I mean, they were pretty stunned when I did want to give it back. It obviously yeah. doesn't happen very often. Well, it's, what is it? Because they were like, do you want it longer? I was like, no, I'm sorry. I just it's like three months it. or whatever it is yeah. that you end up fraud. It becomes part of your life yeah I mean, we would 100 percent would have kept that if that you generally found it quite uncomfortable yeah. didn't you yeah. so um but yeah that's the building in some kind of i always get the word wrong but recip- reciprocity reciprocity into your business model and something it's why when you go on websites they'll say download this free guide yes um or uh, or it's like a oh, big discount today you've you've even the discount strategy is some form of reciprocity because it's it's it, well, it's it's an interesting form of reciprocity because when you see a discount, normally the discount's time. Well, that framed. I'm coming to that. That's that yeah. scarcity. So it's a combination of things, yeah. and when you combine certain strategies together, that's when things become super compelling. Yeah. So, and of course, we're we're doing this episode right now just before Christmas. So there's loads of this type of stuff with um, yeah extra value adds and all this kind of stuff to try and get you to buy. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. So I was just looking up something to do with the uh, scarce, scarcity. Um, I'll come back to scarcity because I just want to check something. But um, uh, should we go to authority is the next mm. one. So um, we've, we've talked about um, uh, like positioning and your marketing and value. And a lot of that comes with authority. So mm. it's why you love that ridiculously expensive car it also comes with the kind of brand authority and we've talked about let's talked about this in other um podcasts but like the um paperclip that tiffany can sell for well you there's people that won't know about that yeah so tiffany sell a paperclip i think it's a couple of hundred dollars and it's literally a paperclip and who else could sell a paperclip for that amount of money it's crazy but obviously it's the tiffany Branding, which which is more to do with their marketing, but yeah. it does play a key part in the sale when you actually come to mar- making the sale. So say, for whatever, <laughs> in my opinion, crazy reason, you've you've decided, oh, I want to go and buy this paperclip from Tiffany's, and you've walked into Tiffany's to yeah. with the idea of buying this paperclip because you've seen it in the marketing or whatever. We should get one and have it in a frame, <laughs> like behind and it. Then, and then you, you walk in right. and the salesperson behind the desk, you can imagine, I mean, we did go to Tiffany's a long time ago when we went to New York, but yeah. I can't remember now, but you can imagine, I should imagine they're very well presented, except there's a, there's a kind of picture you have in your mind. Yeah, yeah. If you walked in and the person behind the sales desk to, to sell you this paperclip was like covered in tattoos, chewing gum, like doesn't give a crap to be honest you're not going to buy that paperclip no because the authority has been destroyed yeah so so you've got to make sure if you're doing your own sales you're in an authoritative position which as the business owner you normally are obviously you're the most knowledgeable you've got the most passion etc but if it's not you and you've got a team of salespeople or or just one one salesperson make sure they've got the the presentation they've got the um likableness which which is another Thing that we'll come back to in a minute but but the authority that they can answer those questions they're not going to go oh sorry i just need to go and answer yeah because that box. yeah the moment it happens it all falls down yeah it destroys the authority yeah, yeah all your branding like in business all like it's easy to dismiss to dismiss uniform for example or um to get too deep into how things look 
um, and uh, like even to the point where like, headed paper and stuff like this. Those, all of those things are in place specifically to add for the authority piece. That's why they exist. They're, they're to reinforce the position of the individual who's then talking, like, who's then presenting the piece, right? So it, it, that Tiffany shop, the one I remember is when I was on that watch hunt and I was like, we'd, we'd had uh, for a, a, another story in another episode, but I had this vision of I wanted to buy a particular watch. And, um, and it was an expensive watch, but we would only, it would only happen once we'd achieved certain things. And we'd achieved those, and I was like, right, okay, I'm now gonna go buy this expensive watch. And I remember walking into the store and everything lent itself to that authority yeah, piece. exactly. The decor and everything else. You felt yeah. like you're one minute you're in the high street and the next minute you're stepping into this world where yeah. everything's that polished wood and gold yeah. and and, the watch I wanted in my mind was really expensive, yeah. but next to it was one like twice the price. <laughs> yeah. And but everyone had their nice uniforms, yeah. like their jackets and stuff, and and they all understood the history behind every all the items that I was looking at. But it's yeah. also understanding your your customer and your personality because that world puts me off. Yeah. Personally, I don't like it at all. I, I, I find it all very kind of clinical and fake and, I, and I'm worried I'm going to be sold to the moment I walk in the door yeah. and I don't like it. I personally love to go to a little jeweler yeah. that really knows their stuff, that again has a passion, really yeah. understands jewellery and passion and the history of and the different metals and, and all this kind of stuff. I love that yeah. and, and I would more likely spend a lot more in that second store than I would in the in the first one, but that's just me, and yeah. I'm not saying everyone's like me. But but don't be afraid to to be really authentic in in who you are and what you offer, because that in itself is authority. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and it talks to different people. Yeah, and you and yeah, you're right. It's it's different things with different people, but it's yeah. but the authority piece is super important in everything you do in your business. You need to be seen to be. The expert, uh, yeah, the most knowledgeable, and, and not just by your customer, but by your peers as well. Yeah. It's you should absolutely be have some kind of level of respect from your industry peer group that point to you and say, yeah, that they, they do a great job. Like irrespective of competition and everything else, it's say, like, yeah, they've been they've been in the business now for a long time, and it was a mistake that we made it certainly for a, a little while. Where in Smiley Booth, uh, Photo Booth Hire business, we. I've always had the view, I don't, I genuinely, and, and this is all due respect to anybody else in the industry, uh, in the photo booth industry, but I genuinely don't care what you guys are up to. Mm-hmm. I, it, like what my competition are doing on a day-by-day, month-by-month basis is none of my business. You know, if there's a new piece, if there's industry tech coming out, then yeah, I'll, well, you generally, because you're <laughs> the tech person out of the two of us, but yeah, we'll investigate it. Yeah. But if a competitor's going nuts on pricing or or their or whatever it is, most of the time I won't even be aware of it because yeah. all I'm worried about is is how is our business running right yeah. now and how can we make the customer journey even better. Yeah. That's that's all I'm focused on, and because they'll have their what you see from a competitor for yeah. externally is not necessarily actually what's going on internally. Well, also right? if you are going to look at. At competitors make sure you're always looking at the ones that you look up to yeah uh, as you say don't worry about bill blogs down the street slashing his prices yeah. look to the ones in your industry that you would the like leaders. to emulate yeah. because again it's authority they 
are the authority on that yeah. particular thing and you you want to emulate that or, or learn from them yeah and if you walk that path and you and you are true to the business and the industry and the and and you are and you are doing a good job those that you compete with will acknowledge that and and uh, i i i wasn't really aware of it until we were asked to do a talk at uh it was like a conference for the industry wasn't yeah. it and I did a talk at the conference uh, just uh, about a certain aspect of the industry. And at the end of that talk, I had other photo booth owners coming up saying, we've been watching you guys yeah. from the beginning. You're the ones that made us come into the industry. Yeah, and, yeah. and I was, and I had no idea. Yeah. And it was, it, I didn't quite know how to process it. <laughs> right? but, I mean, it was very flattering, yeah. but it was, it was also like you, you don't realise your impact when you've got your head down and you're working really hard on just doing an amazing job for your, the people that you serve. People do notice mm. and that adds to your authority in the industry. Yeah, yeah definitely. So. Okay, um, so along the same lines is, is liking, um, which mm. is people buy from people. Um, yeah. And you can have all the bells and whistles on your products and your services, no matter what you want to kind of try and portray. But at the end of the day, people buy people. Yeah. And so again, whether that's you or your sales team, you need to make sure they're likable because, and that's where people have got this kind of slimy salesman in their head that everybody yeah. recoils from because they're not likable. No. Because you know they're trying to sell you something just for the sake of selling it. They're not passionate about it they just want to tick that box and get their bonus or whatever yeah. it is um so it's yeah making you and your team likable um which we've talked about before on things like um when we've talked about the delivering happiness uh which is the zappos model mm -hmm. where they empower their staff to go over and beyond yeah whatever it makes them happy. happy yeah mm -hmm. and and again it made the the staff and the company likable yeah yeah and I, I think the mistake some people make when they hear that is You've got to, uh, you've got to be the person, like this big personality at the front of your business all the time and being on show all the time, mm. uh, to everybody all the time. And uh, this was a conversation I was talking to you about that I'd had with um, a business uh, friend of us a couple of days ago, and um, he used to be someone of the mind of I've got to create my identity and I've got to be at the front and that's going to help feed everything else. And you see these people and he referenced people like Gary Vaynerchuk and Grant Cardone. And he was saying to me, he said, I don't want to be that person. I want my business to stand on its own two feet and, and people connect with the business and the brand. They shouldn't have to connect with me personally. And what I was explaining to him was, that's fine from a customer's perspective that the customers can have a relationship with the business, but at some level they're going to be dealing with a human being yeah. and that person has to have the same values as you. So you are selling to them yeah. and getting them on board. And also within your industry, people won't reference your business unless they like who you are, yes. right? So you can have... It's a difference between likeable and being a big personality. Yes. Because there's, there's someone um, in, in our circles that I remember we went to um, uh, I'll try and keep the uh, details sketchy so the person doesn't recognise themselves if they're listening. But we were, we were at a black tie event um, right. run by this particular person. And um, I remember we were sat at the table and, and like these kind of 
situations you're often sat with people you don't know and so you're obviously all kind of I have of no idea what you talk about that. okay yeah <laughs> good because <laughs> then they won't <laughs> then and you're all trying to kind of get to know each other and this right. person was kind of doing the rounds thanking people people for coming or right. um taking photos and, and that kind of thing and um they came up to, i hadn't seen them for a little while and they came up to me and they were like oh how are you have you lost weight and i remember no oh you look great i think you've lost weight or something like that they right. said and i remember like just being kind of caught up in the moment and thinking oh have i uh, and then and, and then they kind of took a picture and they were gone and, and it right. dawned on me just a few seconds afterwards that they had no idea who i was they couldn't yeah. remember me yeah that was their stock sentence to say to people to make them feel good yeah. about themselves and it made me feel awful because yeah. i was just like oh i'd have much rather they said oh don't i know you for where, where was it that we met yeah. and remind you know been genuine yeah then made up this and it just made me feel very kind of flat because it was yeah. just so empty yeah um, so but that's the beauty of business right yeah. is in that business does hold a bit of a magnifying glass over your own flaws yeah like your own issues yeah. and it makes you work on them yeah because your values, your things will come through in your business. Yeah. So in she, that, I know, I know exactly who you who you're yeah. talking about now, and uh, they, um, <laughs> they, I, I, I had the same feeling when they right. walked off. Both you and I were talking about. It, it was like that was odd because yeah. they because you could clearly see they couldn't remember who you were. Yeah. And um, and it was just it was an act. Yes. And, and we've said this on so many episodes now. Um, we'd even say that and we're on episode 30 what are we on? 36 um, but we've said about authenticity yeah. right you have to be authentic and being um, being likeable if you actually look at what being likeable is generally being likeable is, is not being a narcissist for one yeah. not trying to manipulate the other person to, to bend them to your will and generally act in a fashion that has their best interests um, in mind and yeah. if you're if you're not functioning from that place you have no right to be doing any business with yeah. anybody right and not trying to please everybody because you won't no exactly. you, know, you, you just have to be strive to be likable but realize that you're not going to be liked by everybody and that's yeah. okay yeah uh, and just kind of stick to the guns of your values and and what you believe in and and again your passion for your for your business because yeah. I, I had a debate with somebody on LinkedIn the other day because um they'd said something like I can't remember the question they'd asked. What, what are you going to be championing in 2021? I, was, I can't remember the, the exact question they'd asked, but I'd, I'd said about how important authenticity was. Right. And they'd come back with saying, oh, that word gets thrown around like confetti nowadays. It's inauthentic in itself or something along those lines. And, I was, and, they, and they were like, so what does that mean to you then? And I wrote back saying like being genuine, being striving to be liked, um, not kind of, as you say, like manipulating people and, and trying to force things on people. Yeah, not doing people. those things. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, and eventually kind of came around to my way of thinking. But authenticity is kind of thrown around a bit a little yeah. at the moment. And it comes from the kind of influencer world because yeah. that was created as very inauthentic to yeah. start with. And now everybody's kind of pulling it back and trying to be more real. Yeah. But, but yeah, people will see through it a mile away. Yeah, it's, yeah, you can't keep it up. No. And we've all got these little radars um, because we're social beings, right? Yeah. So we, we've got these little lie detectors and these little body language sensors that when we see somebody and they behave in a particular way that we know is not authentic, yeah. 
we recoil from it. And it's yeah. one of the reasons why we stay quite quiet in the events industry. Yeah. So Yeah, because there's a lot of authenticity, unfortunately. Yeah, we would... So our view with Smiley Booth Photo Booth Hire in the events industry was, do you know what? Let the work stand for itself. Mm. Let's try and create as much value in this sector as we possibly can using the service that we've got. Mm. And, and generally make people's lives better and happier for actually coming into touch with the service that we've created. That was our philosophy. And in the events industry, certainly in, in the circles that we were being introduced to, there was a lot of what we called air kissy kind yeah. of things going on. Yeah. Where, and a lot of cattiness that was yeah. going on behind the scenes. And we'd, we'd been invited to a number of different functions and we witnessed this and we just recall from it because yeah. we, we were just saying, this isn't what we want. This is not how we want to do business. Yeah. Our, our fundamental, like if we work with another business in the events industry is because they love what we do. We love what they do. Yeah. And we genuinely want to give value to them. Yeah. And, and they see the value in that. And that's it. It's not because you saw me at the bar and I bought you a drink and I, I said you'd lost weight yeah. you know, or yeah, whatever exactly. it is. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's whatever. So yeah, that's really, really important in all types of business. And it can be a little bit restrictive, especially if you're somebody who is quite shy mm -hmm. and quite um, reserved in sales, which mm -hmm. uh, obviously this is our bit about sales before tomorrow, but sales is something you recall from. But if you are passionate and you genuinely are trying to create value for somebody else, That'll, that'll get over the shyness and the issues yeah. and it'll keep you authentic. Yeah, well, the, the, the discipline with the shyness is, is literally just doing it and yeah. then everything else. Like will, the getting up in the morning. Yeah, and, and just that. picking up the phone, etc. Then it, it will, the rest will kind of take care of itself. How many times do we hear either, or in the past, how we've heard from people that we know really well, very closely in business, who don't do the things that move their business forward mm. when it comes to sales. Mm. They, it's, it's when all they have to do is just pick up the phone. Yeah. And they procrastinate and yeah. they put off and it's like, okay, I won't do it today, but I'll do it tomorrow. Or I'll do and it the, this afternoon and, the phone, and then the week's gone and then yeah. two weeks have gone. And the phone is really, really key nowadays, God, even yeah. more so than it's ever been before because you get thousands of emails, you get loads of text messages or messenger messages or WhatsApp messages or all these messages. Yeah. But how many times do you get sales calls now? You don't, don't really. Um, so, and, and if you do, it tends to be, you know, a, a foreign call center or something. You, it's quite easy for you to stand out as, as something genuine just from the moment you say hello. Yeah. Um, because it's, it, it just doesn't really happen so much nowadays. Well, Zoom and Zoom calls, you mentioned about Zoom, mm. like transitioning to something, if you are a service-based um, business talking to people on a Zoom call has to be right up there as your part of your sales process, and you might be thinking, "Oh Jesus Christ, the idea of doing that and being on a call." Like we get it, like yeah. we've been there. You know, we 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 do it in this podcast alone, let alone Zoom calls, doing recording and videoing and all this kind of stuff. We get the discomfort, yeah. but the more you do it, the easier it gets. And you might crash and burn a couple of times, but good. Like you'll get stronger for yes. it. And the I, the, the more I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking all our franchisees should be having Zoom calls with our, their yeah. potential uh, customers yeah. about their weddings or parties yeah. or events. They should all be doing that before booking. Yeah. And it should be it should be right up there because there's only so much people will, will read or watch when it comes to your content about your product. And you'll be amazed at what people miss. Yeah. When, when you, you can have the nicest looking website that gives as much information as possible, the world's greatest video that tells about what your service is. 
But people don't pay attention. Well, and we've really noticed it with Say It. Um, the number of people mm. that have said to us they, they don't really know what it is. And then when we've described it, and we've only taken like a minute to describe it. It's yeah. not like we have to go on this long, in-depth yeah. journey with them. Um, they get it immediately. And yeah. they're like, oh, I didn't quite get it from your website or the email you sent yeah. or whatever it was. And we constantly go, how are you not getting yeah. it? You know, we've, we've tried to write these things a million different ways. But for whatever reason, it doesn't come across properly. Yeah. Um, and that again, that's one of the reasons that we've kind of or with me in particular, it's pushed me towards the phone. But yeah. if you are worried about it, because I, I still, um, you know, my heart still goes before I'm going to make a call and, and I can still get stuttery if, if they ask me something I wasn't expecting. Yeah. Or So do, um, I we used to in, in franchise training, and I, I don't know if you still agree with this, but I, I don't agree necessarily with having a script anymore because of the authenticity piece, but having a framework yeah, yeah, of yeah. knowing what you're going to, what kind of things you're going to say, the odd sentence that you know kind of always works for you. Um, and, and, well, a structure. And yeah. I, I don't know if this will be discussed in tomorrow's. And if it's not, I'll, I'm happy to put some, uh, we can come back on a future episode yeah. and I'll, I'll put some resources up um, on the website as yeah. well in a future episode. But if we don't go into this in detail tomorrow, but uh, having one of the things that we were teaching our franchisees when it comes to sales calls is that you have to have some kind of structure, yeah. Like where, because you are you are taking someone, especially with a call, if you're calling them cold, yeah, you are taking someone from not knowing who you are to knowing who you are to understanding why you're uh, calling to building up some needs yeah. as to why your service meets those needs and then closing a sale. Yeah. And there's certain things you say at each point yeah. that takes them through that journey. Well, hitting all of these points as well. Um, yeah. you know, it's, it's important that they they understand why you're the authority as yeah. opposed to somebody else and, and they get to like you. And I mean, you said about that pitch I did the other day. I mean, you, you were in the background. You couldn't see what I was doing, but I had my bullet points. Yeah. Um, you know, I was on a Zoom call and the woman was here and, and my bullet points were right next to it. So I could, my eyes could kind of flick across without her really noticing that I was reading, but I wasn't yeah. reading word for word. It was just, I needed those prompts to say things in the you right order. You should definitely put that for anybody listening and watching this is, and is wondering, well, how, I've got to speak, say, say for example, your business may be a B2B business. So you are selling your, your product or service, a bit like we do with Say It, with mm -hmm. some of the aspects of the Say It service, where we are selling that service to a business. And we do with Smiley Booth with doing corporate events and things like that. Um, part of the call is you're pitching. You actually literally have to pit, put a pitch together that really succinctly describes why your service or product adds value to them. And there was a process that you'd you'd found that helped you create that pitch. You should include that in some of the resources well, might, for this episode. I might do a podcast on creating on pitch. the perfect pitch. Yeah, yeah. that's a good idea. Um, because yeah. it, I think that that would really help. And it, it helped me because I... Well, it was awesome. It was the best I've ever heard you go through. Well, that through. morning I knew I had to do the pitch that evening and I was kind of scrambling around oh, what on earth am I going to say because it, it was time limited as well, which right. doesn't help. It was a three-minute pitch. It was just right. like, well, how do I fill three minutes um, without being waffly? You yeah. know? Um, so I, I was kind of scrambling around. And it, it helps to really do your research on the person. So I did my research on, on this, uh, the editor of the, the Sunday Times and looked at some of her articles and things and realised that she was really story based. Yeah. Everything that she kind of wrote 
uh, I know obviously all articles tell a story to a point, but but it was very kind of human interest story led. Yeah. So that's what I led with in the pitch. I, I led with our story and, and how we came up with Say It and and um, how we personally feel about it. It was, yeah. it was kind, of, kind of quite touchy-feely yeah. rather rather than somebody else, for example, if I was approaching a, a tech publication, yeah. it would be very much on the tech side of what we do. Yeah. So uh, really kind of adjusting what you're saying to the person that you're speaking to really yeah. helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're, you're building that relationship from the get-go. Well, and that structure feeds into the authority piece, yeah. right? Because it makes you look like you're talking from a position of authority. Yeah. Like you, that you, and what is authority? It's like you, you, you have some expertise and understanding as to, and positioning within that particular field. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and that's how it came across, and that's why you got the response that you got from them. Yeah. And, yeah, we should definitely do that on a future yeah, episode. Yeah, I, I will. Okay, uh, so consensus, um, again, kind of follows on from authority and liking, and that's um, that everyone else kind of uh, um, can back you up on, yeah. on your authenticity and liking you. And really all that comes down to is social proof. Yeah. Um, so people, whether they've seen your marketing and then they kind of look for social proof before coming to you to be sold to, as it were, or they've seen your marketing, they've kind of heard your sales pitch and they just want that last bit of proof before they kind of cross the line. Um, so getting things, you know, um, people to recommend your services, yeah. um, people to just, just, if you're selling yourself, people to vouch for you um, or refer you. Um, they've used it themselves, like uh, in uh, kind of affiliates work in that way um, and uh, video testimonials, yeah. all sorts of things to just, just, back up what you're saying yeah the testimonials piece uh, we're all conscious of how powerful a testimonial is and if you if you think well is it really that big a deal just think of the opposite mm -hmm. of a good testimonial right if someone gives you a really pants testimonial and sticks it on a website somewhere the impact that will have on your future sales yeah. is a big it's a big thing right so and being able to give that to somebody straight off yeah because i um i remember when um before i started working with the pr coach i've been working with um, Amanda, who we'll be speaking to on Monday. Um, it was it Monday? Is yes. It? Oh, cool. uh, she um, she obviously kind of sold herself and her services and her package to me, and I, I liked it. I was very interested, and I was kind of about to hit go, um, but it wasn't a small amount of money, and mm. I just thought I just want to hear from somebody else that's yeah. used her, and so I, I said, you know, do you have anybody that that can vouch for you? That and she gave me a couple of people, and she told me about them, and I actually didn't go and contact them. And it's the second time I've done that, actually. I did that something something else. I think it was on our travels. It was some place I was looking at to stay. Right. And the fact that they'd given me the testimonials, right. that was enough. Yeah. The fact that they could give me a person straight off the bat, yeah. um, you know, without kind of flailing around it and who they are and what they did and, and what they used in their services was enough for yeah. me. I didn't have to then go and find that person. I could have yeah. done, but I, I didn't need to because yeah. I was just like well they're, they're prepared to put their money where their mouth is and say yeah these people would wholeheartedly yeah. recommend me yeah and it made her look legitimate yeah exactly yeah, yeah. backed up the authority and the and the liking yes yeah. so yeah so that's general consensus that's a the kind of it's more of a marketing one I say but it's definitely worth remembering when you're in your in your sales talking about people that have used you like for say it for example we would talk about um families that have sent uh cards to their older relatives yeah, yeah. Um, and for smiley booth we'd refer to as reference points for when people are planning their events yeah, this event because, it, get, because it helps your yeah. authority it's yeah. like oh we did this then yeah, yeah. and this is how we, this would work for you yeah it's, it's like, your experience because that was one of our selling points with smiley booth wasn't it it's because when um the market started to develop 
so much more and lots of competitors came on the market and they were all selling cheap and we get that question oh why are you so much more expensive yeah. well we've got five six years experience in this yeah when we've seen everything and in events as we've spoken about on other podcasts you don't get two chances to do no. it you have to get it right first time well now smiley he's got 12 years yeah. worth of trading history so there's yeah i mean we've done thousands and thousands of events yeah. uh, as a as a company and it's a there's you can definitely get cheaper out there, but yeah, the consistency of, del- of great delivery. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, we, so that's um, consensus. Um, and then the last one, the reason I wanted to look this up is because it's a made up word, um, oh. which I was listening to um, a podcast. A bit like uh, having to. <laughs> no, it's a better made up word. Um. Um, I was listening to a podcast of Pat Flynn um, and it's named as Scurgency which is um, the, the combination of scarcity and urgency. Right, okay. So it's referred to as scurgency. Um, and that's obviously creating offers um, that, that creates a scarcity in the mind of, of the person that you're selling to. Um, and that does, that, that's not to be fake. I mean, we mm. gen, in, in Smiley Booth, we have a genuine scarcity that there are only a certain amount of photo booths for a certain amount of dates. Yeah, um, yeah. So you, that, it's not... We don't have unlimited photo booths no. and, unli- and there's not an unlimited sat- number of Saturdays, Sundays, Fridays exactly, or whatever. So. Exactly, um, and um, funnily enough, when I looked at um, Stuart's book for tomorrow, it's not available at the minute right on, um, oh, on really? Amazon because it's, it's sold out. And I was like, oh, is that, was that a sales tactic? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I'll have to ask him tomorrow. Uh, but that made, immediately made me think of scarcity. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... Um, and things like in say it again we can only deal with with a certain amount of care homes at the minute for capacity reasons so um so creating scarcity is 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 that fear of missing out with people they don't yeah. want to miss out they they want to they want your product um, that's why time limited offers that you always well that's again. the urgency bit so right. that's the scurgency if you can create scarcity with a time limited offer right um and there's software out there that if you've got an online product that will do that for you uh, so no matter what period that your customer finds your product yeah. you know it might be that five days later that offer is going to go away right um so it there's there's software that that will do that for you but where the black fridays do that or does it like that's why it, black yeah. fridays work the way they do it's like we're doing this episode in december of 2020 and what's just happened is the playstation 5 yeah. um came out a few weeks ago and People were going nuts for that, and people wondering where they can get their hands on it. Well, that's There's a perfect limited example. Number. Yeah, because you you know that Black Friday is going to be cheap, but mm. if you if that's not a, an urgency factor for you, because you you know you've you've got the funds and you're not motivated by price, then you might think, oh, I won't bother with Black Friday. I'll buy it a couple of weeks later. But if it's combined with the fact that they're all going to be gone yeah. because of Black Friday, then you're jumping with everybody else. Well, there's companies that were buying huge numbers of them yeah. from the get go and then selling them at massive markups. Yeah. So I yeah. think I think the device it was something like five hundred dollars or something, and people were selling them for nine hundred dollars. Well, that's what often like happens that. with Christmas crazes, isn't it? Yeah, like everybody gets on the the bandwagon because they. Again, fear of missing out. When we see all this, again, it's the marriage of marketing and sales, right? Yeah. So do the right thing in marketing to make the sales process yeah. um, easier. And do the hard... What was it? Um, somebody that we used to uh, be a member of his inner circle, uh, Nigel Bottrell. Right. He always said, do the hard work to make the selling easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And what, uh, the, the, what... We we see all of this all the time, right? So if you look at... If you're aware of anything that happened with the PlayStation 5, if you actually look at the timeline of that, there was a huge amount of content about that that thing before launch. 
Like everybody knew, this goes back to what I was saying um, when you were yawning at me earlier, the Mercedes S class. Everybody knew what they were going to be buying on the day of release. Well, it's what Apple are brilliant at as well, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, they, they have their announcements. That, yeah, build up all that excitement before. Yeah. Um, and then you, that's why you have queues down the street. Um, what was that book um, that we we took the same kind of marketing strategy to a couple of uh, things that we were involved in? Is it Launch? Is that the book? Do you remember that? Yeah, but I, I don't think you're thinking of that one. Aren't you thinking of over... Oversubscribed? Oversubscribed, yeah. No, I, I read both at a similar time to each other. So Launch and... Well. well, both of them are. Launch yeah. and Oversubscribed. Oversubscribed by... Isn't it Priestley? Da- yeah, Daniel yeah, Priestley, which is a great... If you're in a, a services stroke events type, um, well, services type business where it isn't a case where you've got massive numbers of warehouses and you've got unlimited stocks or whatever it might be, not that anyone has that, but if you've got huge amounts of stock, it literally is time for money, yeah. then you should definitely read Oversubscribed by Daniel Priestley. Mm-hmm. We should see about getting on a podcast maybe in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like but- about... Um- uh, limited editions are always yeah. hitting to the same. So if you are a product business, yeah, you can yeah. still achieve the same. Well, that's what result. Apple does, right? Yes. That's what all of the yeah. big players does. It's right. Yeah. We've got to, this constant sense of limited amounts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you should. That's what we applied to Smiley Booth, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. The, um, we we just realised that. Hang on a sec. We've only got so many photo booths, and there's yeah. only so many dates yeah. that they can be sent out for. So. What it also does is it stops you, it protects you from being suicidal with your pricing. Yes. When you get this desperation call where someone's really good at negotiating, yes. really hard, and they start saying, well, just take another 50 quid off. Just take another whatever. And and you can feel the pressure and you, you can see the finish line of the sale being closed and they're just pulling away, pulling away, pulling away. And, and it gives you the power to go, no. Yeah. Not doing it. Yeah. It's like I know what our service is worth. I know what we can get for it. And by me saying yes to you now, I'm I'm not just getting a sell. I'm losing an extra whatever it is yeah. because I've given it to you at that. Yeah. And yeah. So yeah. Especially on key dates and things as oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, uh, we we would have you know uh, June for example was always like the busiest month of the year for us. We're not going to sell a a Saturday in June for a, a silly price. Because well, we could sell it like three, four times over. Well, we in a previous episode, we talk about complaints. And one of the... Uh, uh, so if you haven't heard it, then this will be a new thing. Uh, um, but we had a complaint from somebody where one of our staff had misquoted a key date price for photo booth hire. And what the member of staff nor the customer realised um, until I kind of stepped in was... The, they said, well, the service costs the same to deliver whatever. You've made a sale. It doesn't matter. And it's like, no, no, no. It's not. It's the opportunity cost yeah. that I'm losing out on. Yeah. It's the opportunity cost of giving you that that gig at that amount. I'm, it might, I might not be losing any more money because my costs haven't gone up, mm. but I am losing money on what the, what the deal's worth. It's why bloody eBay exists and things yeah. like that. You know, people bid and it goes up yeah. because demand goes up. Yeah. It's exactly the same in business and services. Yeah, right? absolutely. So. I would caution you, though, if you are at the very beginning of your business journey and you're kind of looking at pricing and stuff, because we, we did a, a, a podcast on pricing. Yeah, we did. I can't remember the episode. but I'll, It's got the word pricing in it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll put it on the website as well. Um, but the do build in to your pricing tolerance the fact that the, the you want to be doing offers. 
and, yeah. I, and by offers, I, that's a big difference to just slashing your prices. Yeah. It's creating valuable, time-sensitive offers for people. Yeah. But we we often found that in Smiley Booth, because we had a, just a set limit, because there is really only a certain number of ways that you can offer a photo booth hire, you know, that we don't have unlimited packages and services that yeah. we can kind of pull out of thin air. Yeah. Um, so we would sometimes find offers difficult to create because it's like, well, how many other things can we throw into this yeah. that are relevant um, you know we're not going to sell a photo booth hire and go oh yeah you can have a wedding cake too because yeah. that's not what we do yeah. um, so if you if you're starting out I really would advise thinking about your, your packages and different offers you can create because the amount of offers you can create you can keep putting this scarcity and urgency out there yeah. you know every month every you know keep doing yeah. it yeah well and so, but and yeah without going down the rabbit hole of, excuse me of pricing you should have a long-term view on your pricing. Mm. Like, what do you want to do for the year, for the two years, the three years, the four years, and whatever it is? And that's how we approached it. We were like, right, we know at certain points in the year, like Black Friday or or whatever, we're gonna we're gonna probably do a discount. Yeah. So the average pricing for the year yes. would be X. Yeah. And we knew we could fluctuate up and down around that pricing yeah. at key dates in the year, rather than oh, this is the the minimum I go out with all the year, oh, well, I'm going to slash it either third. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, just to um, uh, go through what they were again, um, where did I start? Um, yeah, not literally going to the description of each. The, no, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah. um, reci- reciprocity. Um, oh, no, I have missed one. I thought I'd missed one. It's a very easy one, uh, just consistency. Just yeah. being really consistent in what you... That's a danger that some people do with sales is... Um, and it, it can be very dangerous if you've got a sales team... Um, whereby somebody offers a customer X and then all the other customers are like, well, how come they got X and I didn't? Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you're very, that's fine to do if you're very, um, uh, you know, transparent with your offers and scarcity. They got X because it was within this offer and they yeah. bought it by, you know, such and such a date, um, which obviously comes into play with things like Black Friday. But you can't just willy-nilly go, oh, oh you can have it for this price and you can have it for that price. Oh, it's a nightmare. Yeah. How many times do we see that in the events industry yeah. where people were just, des- like, I don't know, they they were having a really bad week yeah. and they hadn't made any sales all week. Yeah. And then someone got them on a Friday afternoon, they'd had a really crap day and they suddenly were going, and, they, and this person was like, I saw you in an event a couple of weeks ago. I love what you were doing. I want to hire you, but I've only got, and they're offering 50% of what you would normally charge. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I've got a bill to pay. The car's broken or whatever yeah. it is. I just need the cash. Okay, yeah, I'll do that deal. Yeah. Don't be surprised when they go tell their mates. Exactly. And then that comes back. Why are you charging half the price yeah. that I paid? And it can unravel very or quickly. Or in the future, you know, that you get a referral from that event. Oh. I'd love to use your service too. My friend paid such and such and you're like, oh God, really? Do I have to yeah. do it again for that price? Well, that, and that's exactly <laughs> what happens in the events industry, yeah. isn't it? You, especially for event suppliers. What happens is they do a handful of gigs on a stupidly low price because they're desperate for the cash or they're inexperienced or or whatever or something and their marketing's broken or whatever it is and then they go to the event they deliver the event and people love what they're doing but and they don't come to the supplier and say how much are you they'll go to the person that booked you yeah. and say how much did you pay and that person's like oh it's 150 quid yeah. or 200 quid or whatever yeah. it is surprise surprise you get the email come through i'd like to hire you for yeah i want the same price as my friend yeah and then <laughs> and that's and that's the crazy thing we used to see in the photo booth hire yeah. business right is and we still see it well we haven't seen it so much in 2020 because yeah. of the events but that people would complain like you see these uh photo booth owners and they'd be like 
All anyone wants to hire me for is 200 quid, 150 quid. The market's dead. And we were like, but we're charging. And this is when we were doing 500 events a year for ourselves. Yeah. And we were char- our average price was double, if not triple, what they were charging. Yeah. And we never had that issue. No. And it's because when we had the same issue of someone seeing a certain event and going, going to the, oh, how much you hire Smiley Booth for? They'd be like, oh, well, it's this amount. And it was always way higher. Yeah. Yeah, you should try and craft your offers around value rather than price. Yeah. Cramming in value, throwing in extra things or whatever rather than just... We should talk about value and price in another episode. That's an episode in itself, isn't it? Absolutely. So now I can go through them. Okay. (laughs) Uh, So reciprocity, um, authority, liking, um, consensus, uh, scarcity, which could be scurgency, scarcity and urgency combined together, right. and consistency. If cool. you can get those six uh, kind of key elements to to your sales process and build them into um, your your kind of uh, framework script, yeah, and um, then you should be a lot more confident. And and the, the bottom line is just pick up the phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I'm, I'm sure we will hear more about tomorrow. Yes. Right. Well done. Yeah. Episode thirty six. Well done. <laughs> Have a good day all. Bye.